As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Hey, driving again. Oh, Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. I have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to a preview of the second half. And I, you know, it's like it, Tim, I always say second half. It's not the second half. There's 23 <laughs> games left in the NBA season. Yeah, it's not so. not even the third third, right? It's less than, is it less than a third? Something like that. Man, you make me do some quick math. Was 23 <laughs> divided by 82? Yeah, yeah, it's not I, even it a is. third. It's it not even a third. It's yeah. not even the third third. It's it's into the third third. It's the back And third. now we've confused everybody right off the point, right off the bat. And Sorry, I confuse everybody by now saying that there would not be a podcast uh, episode this week, but then Slater did a U-turn on me and said, let's do one, and I'm always up for that. We, we had not done it because the All-Star break and MT's on vacation, but let's do one out. Let's pull one out. People want The people want it. The people want it. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot to talk about in the stretch run, and it starts tomorrow in Portland. I'm in Portland, actually. They're about to have a night practice. Um, you know, there may be some minor bits of in- injury news. I mean, you know, you'll want to see where Wiseman is. You'll want to see where Draymond is uh, or whatever they're willing to say about it if they're on the trip, blah, blah, blah. So look out for that because uh, that might emerge, you know, four hours from now, basically. Um, but I figured we'd just we we'd run down five quick topics Uh that that will define the last 23 games before the playoffs and and we can start there because i think that is topic one i mean they the the two guys you will not see in portland tomorrow but still are kind of lingering over this season which is draymond and wiseman just uh where are you at on that right now well you know just seeing draymond during the all-star game which i didn't really listen to i just kind of had it on uh i'm not an all-star game guy i know slater you're a huge all-star game huge couldn't you tell with all my coverage this weekend (laughs) Steph has to win the MVP for even Slater to even kind of look up a little bit. But it's you know, Draymond standing on the sideline the whole game, talking the whole time with Charles and 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 uh, Kenny and and uh, Ernie. Uh, maybe it wasn't Kenny there, but at least it was Charles it was and Kenny. Ernie. It was Kenny. I'll Kenny. tell you yep. why it was yep. Kenny. In a you second. know this. You're an all-star guy. Um, and so 
I, I you know I just think he wouldn't. Who knows? You don't want to overread this, but I, I don't know that he would have had such a large presence. He would have been standing the whole time. He would he would have said on the sh- on the during the game that he thinks it's going to be two or three weeks, unless he felt pretty confident of that. I don't know. You know who knows. Like if the Warriors could have said, don't do it, I don't know. But like I think they feel pretty confident that, that, that he's out there. It just feels to me like they un- they feel like they have an understanding of this. Doesn't mean absolutely guaranteed. You never know with this stuff. Obviously with a back injury, you never know. But it just feels like it's headed to him being back. Now, and I was saying like mid-March, maybe a little bit later than that. But I think he's confident that he's going to be back and feeling and playing at least with some amount of, you know, he's going to be healthy. Now he's got to get back in rhythm. He's got to get back in the rotation, all these things, adjustments. But I, I think that seems to be headed in the right direction. And then we'll see with Wiseman, you know, seems seem to be heading in the right direction. We know with him, it sometimes it stops and goes backwards and restarts. But uh, if he's there at this, this would be interesting. I doubt he is, but if he is there, it just kind of shows that they want Wiseman around the team. It's kind of getting ready to get him back, but he probably isn't quite back. It's a one game trip. They'll probably see him back when they come back here. But, you know, it is – I don't know how important to practice it is because they're having like a late night, and, you know, more of a shoot-around. But, you know, this is the first time they're meeting post-break, typically in an NBA schedule, that calendar that is a bigger practice. Now, they don't play Friday. They don't play Saturday. So maybe they gear up for a bigger, you know, practice Friday, Saturday. I assume we'll get some type of word on maybe he's having a scrimmage. I know there's a couple of G League games coming up. I'm not sure he's quite re- ready for that. We'll see. Again, uh, you know, it'd probably be better if we were you talking. You think he's going to play in G League games, though, or just G League scrimmage? I think he, I think you might see him in a G League game. Hmm, interesting. Um, interesting. I, you know, and I've talked to a few people about that idea, and it's like well, that's be- like to, that's better environment than a scrimmage. Than yeah. a, it, it, yep. particularly for a guy, you know, the difference between Clay or you know, even when Draymond's coming back, I know Draymond's going to want to get some scrimmages and like game reps matter for James Wiseman's brain. You know, like Draymond Green doesn't need like I need to feel what NBA basketball is like. No, like obviously he already knows that James Wiseman, any type of minutes on the floor oh, yeah, are well. important. Whereas it's like you can send him to the G League when he's ready and you know he gets 22 minutes. You let's say he was available for the Portland game tomorrow night. He's obviously not going to be, but let's say he was, you might like rotationally as they're trying to win the game, they might be like, eh, this ain't the night for him. You know, it's yep. just it'll, it'll be tougher. I think they'd want him to like explore himself a little bit more in the G League. Now it would have been easier for them to do all that if it was a few months ago, but that's uh, beyond the case. <laughs> the last thing I want—I just want to say on Draymond because uh, you mentioned it. Uh, you know, he—he he did. I think he said three to four weeks to the TNT broadcast, and, okay. and he had said three to four weeks a couple weeks ago, and so it does seem like the timeline continues to slowly creep a little bit backward. Um, but I agree with you that like he wouldn't be so outward facing and confident and and telling the world that he still thinks he can make like a real impact on this season if he deep down he knew he couldn't. So yeah. um I, I I'm with he you. He was there. standing the whole game. He was like was like sit down, Draymond, <laughs> you're you're hurt. He's basically standing up the whole time. It was interesting to see that. Just an interesting image to to produce. Yeah. And, yeah. and the, we know the, Draymond is into that sort of stuff. Yeah. The most pessimistic quote though, I thought, you know, he it was it was wrapped within a joke, but he was like uh because they were asking him when he was going to be back and he he says i'm like i'm about as explosive as you going to the, run to the board kenny <laughs> right now and, and you know it is it yep. is a, a calf strengthness uh yep. the issue so it's just something to watch something to monitor I, we'll know more in the coming weeks once he i think once he's back on the court once you hear hayes in a scrimmage like he'll be pretty quick after that but yep. he's got to yep. get to that got to get to that he's got to feel confident he's going to want to play good i mean like you know it, it's not 
at all on the scale of, of Clay's comeback. Uh, but Clay, one of the reasons it was delayed is that Clay wanted to come and, and they wanted Clay to come back playing well. They didn't want it to be just kind of rolling into it. They want him to be at a high level and Draymond expects to play at a high level. So maybe they add a week because of that. So, you know, might be, might be mid March, might be end of March, whatever in there. I, I think that would be, you know, what, six to eight to 12 games to get back into it by, before the playoff starts. And does he have to be at full speed, you know, for a first round meeting against Minnesota or whoever, you know, maybe not. He could work his way through that. You're going to want a runway with Clay, though, as we've yeah. seen. Yeah, like, no question, you know. no question. But I, I, I'm kind of now in the, like, you can try to build some of that in the playoffs. Like, you don't want to be bad in the playoffs. But, like, it isn't – April 16th isn't the finish line here, right, for, for any comeback. It's get them really in back by May 1 when they get the – you know, you're starting the second round or in the middle of the second round. Again, that's kind of – I just don't want to say like, oh my God, if they're not ready by April 16, forget about it. Like they're going to have some other time to kind of work their way into it. And maybe that's what they're looking at, you know, for, for all, you know, all the guys. I would expect Andre back at some point where yeah, it's not another... yet, you know, I mean, like that's more, it feels like that's more just calculated to not to put the minutes on him. But then again, he could, he could play three, three games and then be out for another six. Like that's the problem with Andre. It's like, you think he's back and then he's not back. And I, you know, I just don't know how that's going to be avoided in the playoffs where he's going to miss. If they're playing him 25 minutes, he's going to miss a couple of games and it might be more than a couple of games. It's just the way that is. It's the way he's been for the last three, four years anyway. Uh, so they have to kind of time it all up and be, have strict, some kind of strategic approach to this. But I think if Draymond is back by the end of March and now, now we are moving it back, right? We keep moving it back, but uh, just the sight of him feeling like looking like he's confident about it. I think should make Warriors fans feel a little bit comfortable about this. Yeah, it'll be. They need to configure the rotation, though. You know, the playoff rotation. And yeah, I think it's happening. I think it's happening already, though. I really do. Like, you know, they can't do it perfectly because they don't know exactly who's going to fit with Draymond, exactly who's going to fit if Wiseman's in it. I think Andre's just kind of dropped in, drop. Like, I don't think they really worry. He just makes everybody a little bit better. But I, I feel like we're seeing it in the rotations. Like, the rotations are shorter. Uh, and you know, there are people who are in there, are people who are out and there are people that are moving out. And I just, I think we're just seeing it. And I think, you know, we're kind of seeing courage rest this as they go, that th- this is what the, this is what the rotation is going to kind of look like. Yeah. Yeah. The, the only, uh, concern, uh, I I'd say, and you know, they, they can't really solve this at this moment, but you know, I mean, you talk about it plenty combinations matter mm-hmm. and, and yeah. different lineup uh, combinations. Well, the fact is they're presumed, playoff starting lineup and closing lineup will have never played together uh until we see draymond again because you know we're talking about a wiggins clay draymond combination they've never overlapped except for seven seconds um seven seconds or less seven seconds or less yeah uh so you know whatever i mean um let's move on uh i i think steph curry is a good Second topic, um, you know, you mentioned he did hit 16 all-star threes, hit a lot of the open threes that he just didn't hit during the first half yep. of the season. Now, yep. um, it was a great moment for him. Obviously, it, uh, it kind of was a, a, a box to check on his resume that he had, which was all-star game MVP that most big stars have. He now has that. But I just, you know, how he he's the guy you still as we reconfigure and I'm writing about Clay Thompson today. We're talking about the injured guys. We can talk about other players. He's still the guy that you worry least about. But the reality is he just didn't have that great of a first half from a shooting perspective. And 
he even within his slump when he was like, you know, kind of sound or, you know, trying to tame down any type of alarm bells and, and say he wasn't too worried about the numbers did mention a few times like, but I know when it matters, I do need to shoot better than I'm <laughs> shooting. Yeah, and he, uh, he pays as much attention or more obviously to the shooting percentages than anybody. He just doesn't want to sound like worried about it. Like you can't be worried. Like, Oh my God, I'm at 39. What if I get to 37? I better not shoot anymore. Like that's not, you know, that's he's opposite of that. He's like, if I got to get to 34 to make myself confident enough to get back to 40, then I'm going to keep shooting. Uh, it's just been lower than than any of us have ever expected and have ever seen from him. Uh, but, yeah, I, th- I think the All-Star game could give him, you know, fe- like just give him that feel. We know shooting, it's a feel. It's like, do I feel like this ball is going to go in? Do I feel like I'm in the right spot? Now he was getting zero defense played against him. But as you point out, he, he was missing a career low, you know, career amount of, of, of open three-pointers in the first 50 whatever hell games there have been uh it just it, it was a feel thing it was a rhythm thing i don't think any of us think it was like he's breaking down like this is the end of curry it just was this run of like when's it going to end and maybe it's ended or, or will come again and come back again you know it, it'll be on and off but you you kind of need to see this curry thing happen in the playoffs three times right three times per round <laughs> steph's got to be really good so they can win their four games because they can win one without him doing that and you hadn't seen it in a while so um, he, you know, he's incredibly valuable. Everything runs off of him. Defenses have reacted to him as if he were shooting 44% from three, even when he was shooting 38. Uh, but when he does shoot 44, it's lights out, you know, ball game. And uh, he's got he him in the playoffs. Carry- like the yeah. playoffs will come down to him hitting contested threes, you know, exactly. like the, 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 the yeah. big moments, the game fives. Because yes. it's know. not, yeah, it's not, you know, GP2 doing a back cut four times against Memphis. That's not going to be there four times against him. Like, we've seen defenses tune it up to the point where that easy stuff isn't there, even if they're jumping out at Steph. It's working yourself into a shot and Steph making contested threes. And he can. We, I mean, we know he can. We know he has. We know he will. Uh, it's just a matter what the timing is. And, I mean, I would count on him doing it in the playoffs. But, again, we do have to see because we have not seen it very much this season. Historically, a post-break Better pro break shooter. Yes. Oh, yeah. Too. He's he has gone off on tears. Usually, it's right about when the All Star team is named to all the way to the end of the season. Uh, last season, I, mean, I was just looking like he has not had a game other than the All Star game where he's made ten threes this season. He made four. He had like four and five games last year at the like about this time last season. Everything was skewed because of, of, of the pandemic delay and everything, but. Like he had a run. I think he did it eight times. We had 10 or more three made threes last season. He has zero this season. And he had that run where it was ridiculous when he was out of this world. And that was not long ago. Uh, and we have not seen it. And again, that's what defense is jumping at him. Like there was no clay. Like it, something hasn't clicked like that for him this season. And maybe it starts with all star game. You know, exhibition. I'm not, it's, it's like a three point contest. Does that make you hotter? Does a home run hit contest? It probably doesn't. But it, it, it gives you the feel of it, gives you the sense of it, and we always you know we always know it's there. Career before the break, I'm looking right now. I was, I was searching for it. I'm glad I found it uh, while you were answering that question. 41.9 percent from three, 41.8 from three before the break. Uh, uh, career 44.9 after, basically a 45 percent three point shooter post All Star break, <clears> which, which is, is cra- quite good. Which is quite yeah. good for the he, volume too. Yeah, pre break this year. I mean, I'd have to. I, I don't. I'm. I'm not looking at every season, but this is probably the worst he's ever been pre break. Thirty seven point nine percent. It's going to take, you know, a forty five percent or above 
post break. Really, you know, he may not even be able to get to 40. The more you think about it, only 23 games yeah. left. There's yeah. some back to backs. How many of those 23 you think he's going to play? Probably 20, you know, yep. max. Uh, yep. He would have to just go ballistic to even he, get up. He'd have to go for those eight for 12, eight for 12, you know, you know, one of those, one of those runs. Uh, I know he's not making, you know, he did one of the recent games, but he's not making that many. Like, so I you, you to got 16 in a game. I know you got to make a lot to get that percent to move the percentage this deep in the season. You, you can't be, you know, four for six. It's got to be 11 for 14 to be able to move that number up. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I think the numbers are going to be, I think the numbers are going to be disappointing for him. The end of the season numbers are going to be disappointing. It does not matter though, if they do very well in the playoffs. Uh, and I think he, it is skewing towards that. We shall see. Uh, and, you know, with he and Clay together, uh, you know, that that should drive both their percentages up. Although, you know, as I wrote about a little bit, the last game before the breaks, Kerr split them up in the middle of the game, which is interesting. Uh, we can talk about this. I think this is one of the issues is that second unit is a problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, well, and, and they are acknowledging it. They are literally saying it. Uh, and they need, you know, they have to do some things to address it. Yeah, we'll, we will get to that. Um, you know, the last thing on Curry's numbers. I mean, he, just to kind of complete that point, even if he finishes the season at 39%, but the last 20 games are 43% from three, you're going to feel like you, they'll feel a lot better about it, that shot going into the playoffs. But, yep. um, yeah, that'll be the third thing we'll talk about. Um, just the second unit and, you know, the rearrangement that you can get to, but also the, the reality that they kicked the tires on Goran Dragic. Um, which tells you that they are at least, you know, mildly interested in uh, potential upgrades. And, um, you know, I, th- I, I think that is a signal that, that, you know, that at least when I have talked to people behind the scenes, like there's a belief that Drogic could have played with Jordan Poole if they had come down to that and their games could have, um, you know, kind of matched enough in, in a second unit. But I think it's also, an admission that maybe pool isn't giving all that they need from like, you know, the, the backup, you know, six man, whatever you want to call it right now. Um, and that part of that is what you mentioned. They're like now trying to plug clay Thompson into that unit. What happens when Draymond green comes back, Andrew Wiggins, all-star Andrew Wiggins hasn't necessarily been an offensive hub for a lineup, even since he's been here, despite all the good two way stuff he does. So uh, where are you at on that second unit? Yeah, I think it, focuses in a little bit on Jordan Poole and I don't want to just put it on Jordan Poole, but like they need him to score and they need him to get people open by being a threat and to dribble the ball uh, wisely and, and carefully and productively. And it has not happened. And he and Wiggins has not been, I haven't even looked at the, the stats, but I can just, we can just tell by looking at it and by Wiggins now being out of the second unit that hasn't worked very well. They don't score very much. And maybe it's too much to put on Jordan Poole. You know, he, he's a different kind of player than a pure point guard who can also score, but they kind of need that. And that's why I think, you know, you're seeing some of it's okay. Well, what if we put him with clay and, and, and you let clay do some of the initiating. We've seen clay do some of that uh, in, in this time around. And what if, you know, I mean, I think that's a spot for Andre to, to, to kind of be the distributor. We've seen him be the second unit distributor before. Like we're seeing pool kind of it's, like they would love for him to be that on ball guy who gets his own and also gets the ball to other people. And at least for now, and he's still young, at least for now, I, I think that's probably not going to happen, or at least it's not the ideal thing for them to do. And they're looking for other things. The problem then is, you know, then you have a wing spot where he's playing in a wing spot now, and that's a defensive liability. And so then you have some other issues, but 
you just kind of see them moving pieces around and it's a lot of it is geez if jordan's not making shots then that second unit isn't very good and then they've got to figure out some other things and even sometimes when he is making shots they're giving up points on the other side and other people aren't getting into it i think wiseman is something they've been waiting to try to plug in there just because he is an offensive minded guy he can do some things who knows what they can expect from him just throwing him in this you know this season if he's healthy but they need other stuff like it didn't work you know with gp2 he is not going to play in that unit they did not work with jta he's not he's out of the rotation damian lee you're putting too much responsibility on him to put him in that unit like they need better players on that unit. They really be elites. Like everybody I'm naming who's been tried on that unit has been disappointed, disappointing this season. So like, I think they need to mix it. That's why they're getting clay on it. He's playing 10 minutes in the middle of the game with that unit. And they're hoping Andre's back. And that's why they were looking at dry drag, I don't think there's any question, like just get things going. And so I, I talked to Kirk Leggum on my podcast this morning. It'll be out tomorrow. Uh, and he said, yeah, we're looking for offense. Like they are looking for offense. And again, you don't think of the Warriors as that team. But well, they spent every, all yeah, summer doing it yeah, and still exactly. arrived. And it was defense, right? It was like the defense is great. The offense is still <laughs> yeah. searching. Are they still number one in defense efficiency? It's, like, it's amazing. They've been bad for like three weeks defensively, and they're still number one in the league or whatever they are, too. Um, and they need offense. Like they need something else on offense, and they are acknowledging it. I mean, Otto Porter, I mean, without Otto Porter, my God, I mean, they would be in some serious issues with the bench scoring. Uh, but you can't just can't say auto go score like he's not that player and certainly not every game after every game in a long playoff run. So Wiseman might be part of it. I think Andre is part of it. There are different pieces, but Jordan Poole is like, again, I'm not saying they said Jordan Poole, you got this is it. It's all on you. But they kind of did. They kind of like that's the guy who's going to have the ball in his hand because there's not going to be those other guys. So um, I think that's kind of the recognition, the acknowledgement a little bit. Uh, and they still won't need Jordan Poole. They still need him to score. It's just like putting it all on him, putting, giving him that second unit, whereas sometimes it's felt like they can do it. I think they're definitely backing off of them. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Jordan Poole's career turned around at the All-Star break last 
uh, you know, we didn't, he had gone to the bubble and impressed been one of the best G league players, but still that where there was so much of an unknown. It was to the point where it was like, you better try this guy out, but we didn't know what the results were going to be. The results post break last year were awesome. I mean, yep. it's, it's what earned him this spot heading into the summer. It's what held him off from even signing a replacement starting shooting guard for clay Thompson. They went into the season going, no, it's, I mean, like they knew from the summer, like Jordan Poole's going to start at shooting guard. Um, and, Part of that was member May. I mean, I'm looking at the splits now, but I mean, down the stretch in May, which included that six and zero homestand to close the season, there was a game where he started in there, scored 38 points against the Pelicans, but he was mostly coming off the bench. And there was a they they beat the Jazz and Suns, but they were starting Baysmore, right? They were starting Baysmore. Yeah, Jordan Poole was coming off the bench. Yeah, and uh, you know they started or they Poole came off the bench in two big home wins uh, that felt playoffy against the Jazz and Suns in, in the last stretch, and he played 20 minutes in both and scored like. 20 points in both. It was exactly what they needed him to be. I thought in the play-in games, even the one that they lost at home against Memphis, he was really good. Remember, he got them to overtime. He had that great pass to Wiggins. Um, So to me, he has proven to them that like, like he can fit in a winning playoff environment as a bench player. He's done it. We've seen it. Uh, He just, they really like, he's, he is the like quiet X factor of, of the rest of the way, because you know, we, we can like they can search for all these different combos and we can talk about all this different stuff that that theoretically could or should happen. But like the roster pretty clearly is basically going to be what it is, even if there was a Drogic. Like, I don't think that, you know, alters too much. It might have um, made it worse. You know, I mean, it yeah, might have defensively, uh, defensively. So, yeah, they just need pool to be better. You know, and, and and he's had stretches where he's I mean, to me, he was so vital for them the first couple months without Clay. Um, but he just. Look, he needs to be better uh, than he has been during this recent. And it's pretty important, right? I mean, like he's somebody looking at a new contract. I mean, at some point they don't have to give it to him, but it's it's close to that. And what's his value in the league? Like, what is he going to be in the league? And this is about when you decide that you're in your third year, you're near the end of your third year uh, on a good team with plenty of responsibility. He's still young. And we don't want to say this is up or down for him but it's getting there it's getting pretty close to that for him like what are you in this league are, are you a main player or are you you know a really important side side player that that and he's right straddling that right now yeah and again a strong finish for him might make negotiations trickier this summer By the way, i'm getting all these texts from marcus thompson's on vacation right now so all those dings you're hearing MT in text you know, like trying try to try to try to join. The he wants room. he wants his own part of this podcast or something. I don't know. I'm ignoring them. I'm ignoring them as usual. Um, but yeah, that's I, I don't. I guess Jordan Poole is going to have some good games. Like he's a good player. He is a talented player. He just isn't quite what they were hoping for. And this whole thing was set up for him to have a a larger role than this. And now you can just kind of feel them going, okay, <laughs> what do we do if it's not really working? And what's that going to look like in the playoffs? And and the the baseline problem for him is he is not a good defensive player, certainly not a good on-ball defensive player, not a bad help defender. And so that kind of changes the, the formula of what they can put out there with, with them because like if if you you can't put too many just purely offensive players with him to try to get because then you're going to get people run over, and that becomes like the pieces you have to put out there changes. That's why I think Igodala is going to be pretty, might be very important to put out there with them. And then maybe, you know, maybe Wiseman, you know, maybe Kaminga, like there's going to be like, they might have to just kind of see and without having that really set would, would define 
rotation. It's just they know the players are playing. They know, they know the 10 or 11 players are playing. Yeah, uh, the fourth topic uh, we'll discuss, the one I wrote about today, Clay Thompson. And, you know, as we talk Good about piece. Good piece of Clay Thompson. Yeah, as we talk about the different ways that – um, you know, they can get better offensively. I mean, you're talking about the, the, the idea of you know, that's kind of what the organization's focus is on right now. Well, Clay Thompson is has a 28 usage rate. It's just huge. That's that's a he's just a quarter more than a quarter of the offensive possessions when he's on the floor, he's using them up. Uh, and he's going to be on the floor more and more. We expect by the playoffs, it'll be 34 minutes a game, at least something around there. He just you know, I, I, we expect him to probably be more efficient than he has been. They better hope he had, uh, you know, and he's had those breakout games that open a game six to six, you know, in the first quarter. The, obviously, that 33 point Lakers game where he basically won them that game. But there's been probably, and on a, I'd say expectedly, but there's been too many of the three of 14s, the, you know, hijacking the offense to try to get his, and he's missing a bunch of shots. So, you know, just how he progresses down the stretch, this, this final. Um, you know, I guess runway to the playoffs. It was always about getting him as in gear as, uh, you know, as much as possible for April. And so just how he reforms. And that is, again, uh, if people would like to read it, I did a whole interview with them. It's uh, it's up on uh, The Athletic. But, he, I mean, he's either your second or third best player, and Draymond would be the uh, who you would consider. I, Draymond, you'd probably say second, Clay's sure. third. You know, you – we still don't know about their second and third best players. So that is a huge storyline. It's huge. It's huge. And I think we've got a pretty good sense that Clay's healthy enough. I mean, he had that one little, you know, they, they held him out for a game. Was it two with it, with the knee soreness? He had, uh, he and, had sat yeah. because he was going to sit on a back-to-back anyways. Yeah. And then they held him an extra game because apparently he, yeah. it was a slight hyperextension. Yeah. Well. So like I, I put that aside, that can happen at any time, certainly coming off of two years. I think he's been, I think he's looked like he's in shape. I think he's like, you know, all, all those check marks have been fine. He's not, you know, he's not, he said in, in your article, like he's not moving side to side, the defensive clay. That just was almost a miracle that a player who can shoot like that and is that big can move side to side that the, he, he could to defend point guards. The, I think we all knew that that was not likely to come back right away and it has not come back, but he's got other things. He is strong. He's, you know, he can play, he can switch out, switch on to post players. Like these are, these are things that he can do. I think the athletic stuff, from him has been more than they could have hoped for. Like every, this is what they want. Like this guy's going to be healthy barring, you know, some other thing going into playoffs. That's a big thing. I was reading your story and I was really, we really haven't underlined that enough. Like he's coming back from two years and he's felt like you, you really could have blinked and said, you know, has this guy missed any time at all? Just looking at him other than he's not as, you know, elastic. He's not the same athletically, but that happens. And that happens to, as you age anyway. The shooting stuff, that's the touch. That's like, you know, that, that was on and off even when he was younger. It was much more on than it was off. I think that is going to crop up its head. And the one thing we've seen is it's not like he's gone on the floor and defenses are coming off the step, right? Like, defenses are staying on step. And Clay is getting those shots up often because he's got to because they're all on step. You know, that doesn't mean they're not guarding Clay. They're not guarding some other people. They are guarding Clay, but they're guarding Clay with one person. They're not swinging help over to Clay. I just don't think they're going to get to a time where people are coming off the step. I just don't foresee that happening. So Clay has to take a lot of those shots. Like he does have to take those shots or at least try to move the defense with the dribble. And that's what's happening. He's trying to move the defense with the dribble and then nobody's open. So he has to take the shot. And sometimes they've not been great shots, but he is mandatory for this team. Like he is 
Like they must have him out on the floor. He must be solid in the playoffs. Like these are all the things that he must be. I, but I think GP two becomes a big part of that mix, and he's bigger and bigger. I think as the defense, as the uh, playoffs come about, like when they know they got John Morant, they know. Well, assuming Chris Paul is back, when they know they have these, you know, really important players that they've got to guard, Devin Booker. He might have some time on Devin Booker. He might, you know, whoever. Um, and it's not going to be Clay. You know, Clay's going to guard the three, you know, the small forward, some of the guys that, that Steph's been guarding. And then that bumps up Steph a little bit where he's going to have to guard. And all of Steph's defense has been fine. But, like, it does change the kind of dynamics. They, But they still need Clay because he does things that nobody else on this team at, at his size can do. And he can, he can, yeah, he can win games by himself. And, they, you know, they got one other guy who can do it, and that's Steph. Uh, we, some teams we, don't have any of them, but the Warriors have two of these guys. Yeah, when you talk to Clay about a shot, he always mentions the legs, and, and and I mean we all know how important legs and base and you know bend and all that is to a shot. Obviously, he's coming back, these, coming off these two devastating leg injuries, and um, I do think uh, it was we probably too quick to just assume. Look, Clay shot will always you know it'll always return. He did feel like there that Laker game was a breakthrough because he was, you know, where was he at his best in that Laker game in the fourth quarter at the end of a 30 minute, you know, it was between minutes 22 and 30 where he put the Lakers away with a bunch of jump shots. And um, it did, it did feel like he's like, right, I, I believe the exact quote was, he, he said, I could have done that a month ago that late in the game. I couldn't have had the legs for that shot. Now I do think as he is not even just the injuries, he's also 32. Um, he, you wake up, Sometimes when the legs feel good, you wake up and it, you know, it's, there's no rhyme or reason, but just for this four day period, the legs might be a little bit more sore. So, um, he, he could be more prone to cold patches, uh, than, than in the past. The other thing I would say, uh, just to kind of wrap up your point on that, he's 37.4% from three. We mentioned Steph's 379 That's just, you know, these are guys historically who've never been below 40% from yep. three. So when you, their superpower, the Splash Brothers moniker, all of that was derived from the fact that they were the crazy high usage three-point shooters, but they were also the crazy accurate at the same time. You know, they weren't 37. They were 43, 44. So, yeah, I mean, the, the way to take their offense to another level in the final 23 games in the playoffs is for them to become 40 plus three point shooters. Uh, again, we'll see. I mean, some of that is on the flow of the offense, but I think a lot of that is just on those two. Just got to hit shots. Just got to hit yeah. more shots than they have. They need one of those two to be a 42 to 44 three point shooter. And if they get both of them, you know, that's incredibly deadly. I mean, that's, we're saying all that and you know, Andrew Wiggins is 41, right? I mean, it, it is amazing. And, and Wiggins is not like taking one or two a game. He's like taking four or five a game. Like, generally wide like, open catch and shoot yeah, very different but, shots but yes but yeah i mean like that's been a yet. huge thing for them huge huge, huge. If, if they didn't have that they would be a pretty poor three-point shooting team and that's just weird for for to say that about the warriors but when you have people shooting the volume that steph and clay are and and not you know again league average is what 36 35 so they're better than league average but you just expect so much more and at that volume it hurts you more it really if you're shooting league average and you're shooting that volume that's not good if you, you you need to be, you know, shooting a lot less if you're shooting league, league average. We don't expect them to be league average. They're going to be better than that. But it just tells you, like, this has been a long spiel here where, where neither of them has really gotten red hot uh, for a game or two, but not for three, four, five, seven. And sometimes like, we've seen them in playoff series where they're both hot. You know, that Portland first round series in, in 17 was just like, both, like this was not like, goodbye. Good night. You don't have a chance against them. We'll see what happens in the playoffs.
All right, last topic of the stretch one, and this is one that I it will excite you, Tim Kawakami. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Kaminga, you know, <laughs> it's just he, I think, outplayed expectations uh, in the first uh, 50 or so games. Um, he, you know, I think absorbed the tough love, sharpened some of his weaknesses, uh, strengthened some of the role-playing aspects of his game, moving off the ball, team rotations, knowing plays, understanding scouting reports. There's still plenty of errors within all that. But, um, you know, I just I, I think he's done about as well as you possibly could have expected from just like a role playing standpoint for a guy who has never in his life really been a role player on a team um, to the point that he has leaped JTA and is an expected part of tomorrow night's rotation and pretty much every night moving forward, including will at least get a trial run in the playoffs. Now I can, I, I there probably will be a quick, you know, trigger uh, if it's game four and, you know, Memphis or whatever, and Kerr feels like defensive mistakes are happening from a rookie, but he has a chance to like really trampoline his career quickly over this stretch run. I, I don't know your confidence level of it happening, but he has laid the groundwork for it to potentially happen. Yeah. I have great confidence in that. He could really, really like just change who, who the league thinks of him. I think they're already game planning against him. I really do. I think like they're, they got like we got to take this away. Cannot have that, uh, and, which is a sign of respect. And then then we'll see what his counter to that is. But also, I'm very confident there will be that game. So it will be time when Kerr is like you out, JTA in. Uh, that's when Otto Porter get out there and and Jonathan comes sit next to me and Mike Brown for a little bit. This is going to happen, 19 years old. But I also think they're at the point where they accept that, and that doesn't mean he's going to be on the bench for five more games. That, that happened earlier in the season. Steve Kerr says he's the, he's in the starting lineup as long as Draymond's out, and then he pulls him out of the starting lineup because there are a couple of bad games. I think they're kind of past that because he can give them what they lack. And, you know, I harp on this and I harp on this and I harp on this. But, you know, the physical ability to get a tough two, to dig his shoulder into somebody, explode past them and get to the basket and not pass up a chance to beat somebody. They got a lot of guys who pass up chances to beat somebody because Steph's being swarmed. They get the ball and then they don't, they just pass it away. And Draymond has been one of them. Iguodala is one of them. These are really great players. I'm not deriding them for it. They just have a lot of players like that. Kavon Looney, players who are open, take a dribble, look around. I don't want the ball anymore. Jonathan Kaminga is like, give me the ball and I'm going to take a dribble and I'm going to dunk. Doesn't happen every time. But in the playoffs, like how many of those might he have gotten in a Toronto series? Let's just say this Jonathan Kaminga. Like he might have made a bunch of mistakes on the other side against Pascal Siakam and Marcus Gasol and all the things. But how many dunks would he have had in that series? A lot. Uh, and th- that is something that they have decided that they need. And I would have agreed with them a long time ago. In fact, I, I argued for it a long time ago. Yeah, like this you- is different. This is different stuff. And you got to play, you got to accept the mistakes. You've got to understand they're coming and take the defensive intensity and, and try to get everything else out. You, you can of them, whether it's for 14 or whether it's for 28 minutes, I think he plays, he works really well with Steph. Like that's pretty valuable. Like he, he plays really well with Steph Curry. Now, can he play well with Jordan Poole and play well, you know, all that, you know, we'll see, but, 
a they guy him, who you know they moved yeah. him to the second unit in that yes. last game yes. when they were reconfiguring they rotations. They need they need some offense. That's why you know they and need somebody's challenges. They need. They, I think you know they were playing poor defensively, particularly yep. point of attack. Remember the Clipper game and and Gary Payton as the starter in like a small ball, really small ball lineup. And I, uh, you know, we'll see, but I think that might be the lineup coming out of the break, the starting lineup with Kaminga, but still injected heavily into the rotation. Still a twenty plus minute per night guy. The other thing. Um, you know, he could be part of a bullpen against a, uh, you know, matchup based bullpen against different type of scores. You know, they, yeah. they meet the Lakers, let's say that's still possible in the first round. Um, he's, he's a, uh, one of the fastballs for them to throw at LeBron James, uh, yeah. you know, and, and other Anthony, da- Anthony, yeah. Anthony Davis, you know, it's like, this is how they won championships is they just kept throwing guys like that. You know, they had Iguodala, they had Draymond, they had Durant, they even throw Livingston. They, they just had people they could throw at really good offensive players. They just had more and they had more offensive players and you could match up with Kaminga isn't there. Like I'm not saying he's there. I'm saying he's physically capable of a lot of that though. And I think they have made the decision, like accept some of the mistakes they're coming for for the positive stuff that he brings that nobody else on this roster has there's nobody on this road there's not that many people on any roster that can do some of the stuff that he can do so just accept it and and like take it for the times he gets he flashes into the key has two guys he splits them and he and he dunks over everybody that those are points you're not getting from anybody else They're, those are found points and also, that works quite well in playoff situations. Yeah, I know. And as we just look at the in this kind of last thing on it, but um, as we look at the landscape of of the of the final twenty three games and and things to learn and you know how they gear up for the playoffs, there's also the you know two steps back future of the franchise look and like what Jonathan Kaminga emerges into uh, and what James Wiseman looks like whenever he comes back. It, is so vital to their summer roster reconstruction, the next five seasons, the rearranging of the core, some of their decisions on salaries and who they keep, who they potentially trade down the line, all that, you know, granular stuff is, uh, will be, I guess, impacted by how Kaminga looks uh, not only the last 23 games, but into the playoffs and same thing with Wiseman. So that's, it's very important. Pool. Wiseman, Kaminga, like those are their three Moody guys. Moody, Moody, too. yeah, like, Moody. You know, they started like, I, him. At I think home, they man. should play Moody. I think they, yeah. I do. I do think they should play Moody a little bit more. And I, he might be ahead of Damian Lee right now. You know, you, you can't count on him to do to do certain things that you can't count on Lee. I don't want to completely say he's valueless. I know many Warriors fans might argue differently, but like I just think Moody with more minutes, he's going to be more explosive. Like he's a little tentative. I get it, but then you, on the G League, he's going for forty points. Like you, there's there's something there that you can probably get out of him a little bit more by playing him more minutes and just take shots, take shots. You're a good shooter. Take two dribbles and hit a shot. Like he can do those things. He's got size. He can defend people. Um, like these are like, these are their guys. And the Moody's, this is not like, you know, this is not going to be the crucible for, for Moses. Like it might be for the, for certainly for, for pool and a little bit for, for Kaminga and, and if Weisman gets in, but I like to see more minutes of Moody. I, I I just think he's really talented, and I think like there's so much more there for him than we've seen. There's so much more for him. Blazers on Thursday night in Portland, a, a Blazers team that is 
in complete tank mode, but got hot and won the last four <laughs> games before the break. Will not have uh, Nurkic. Um, you know, he's going to be out, it sounds like, a month. And it's just, just an early sign of, like, I'm not saying, like, Nurkic clearly has an injury for them already to roll him out for, for four weeks. But, you know, down the stretch, there's a lot of these non-playoff teams that are going to start shutting yep. down guys. And yeah. this is just example one of it. They're playing a Portland team without Nurkic tomorrow. Yeah, 14 of the last 23 are on the road. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's stacked with like, you know, it's not like, uh, you know, uh, this this death row of, no. of, of teams. But they are road games. The Warriors have not been a great road team. Uh, this is, you know, some of their struggles are just shown out when they play teams that are at home, feeling comfortable and playing good defense. But it is to be noted, I've 14 of their 23 games to finish are on the road. Let's just note that and see how they do. Well, I'm noting that as I'm looking at my travel schedule over the next month <laughs> and a half. 14 of Slater's 20, final three, 23 games. Let's note that. Let's see how he does. But also, Raymond Ritter as always says it's my favorite stat. It's also his favorite stat. I hate to say that, but it's true. In the, the entirety of the Steph Draymond Clay era, they have never gone a playoff series without winning at least one road game. Never. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. And I think they will be counting on that at some point in this season. All right. We will talk to you either maybe post Thursday night from Portland or if not Sunday night home game against the Dallas Mavericks, which should be pretty interesting game. So talk to you in the second, in the stretch of run. I would say not the, <laughs> the third, half. third of this season. See ya.